Yeah, so I'm still figuring this thing out. I think that what's next for me is just learning what it's like to exist as my own entity and not, like, depending on somebody else's paycheck and depending on somebody else's structure. Um, If I'm being honest, I still don't know how to be me without being attached to, like, the label as a teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, I still don't have my schedule together. I still don't really know, like, I don't know yet that I'm going to be okay financially. Um, So those things are, like, things that I hope to figure out in this next chapter. Um, So far, the bills have been paid, but it's a little scary sometimes. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of The Change, What We Normalize podcast, where we come on here and we have powerful conversations, breaking norms and breaking stigmas to really help elevate your mind, your belief systems, and your processes. Today, I have a super, super special guest with me. I know I always say that, but I believe that the guests continue to get greater and greater, and I'm honored, honored to have this amazing, beautiful young woman with me in the building today for this episode. Y'all are in for a treat visionary the poet gratitude wow he said we getting better and better period (laughs) you feel me the only way is up the only way is up but no first and foremost um just want to say thank you for your time uh i know you're extremely busy and we're gonna go into that too um about the things that's going on because she's really killing it right now but um again just grateful um for your time for your presence um just gracing this platform i know the audience will truly benefit I hope that you will as well. And I just want to give you those flowers because I feel like we don't give people their flowers enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially while they're here. So I want you to take those, receive them, embrace that love, and know that it's true. I appreciate that. And I agree with you. We don't take the time to give verbal flowers as much as we should until someone passes away or something tragic happens or until they blow up. Um, Which is frustrating. But it's all in the process. So I feel that. Right, right. No, I appreciate it. So um, while I have you here, uh, just because I want to honor your time, I want to jump right into this thing. Actually, I don't want to jump right into it. I don't want to go too deep first. So let's let's bring it back a little bit. Let's have a little bit of fun. Um, I started doing these icebreakers last week with uh, Will, and I want to do them with you too because I'm always interested to know more about my guests, more about what they're doing, and I'm just interested to hear people's insights. So first thing first, favorite movie and why? Oh, that's a good question. Just Mercy. Um, really? Yeah. Have That's you a seen fire that? movie, too. Yeah. It's and an fire even more movie. fire book, if you... I never read, read the book. It. The book is phenomenal. I read it first, and then my treat was, like, watching a movie. Mm. But um, I think that it speaks to... It's based on a true story, first of all. So okay. the fact that it is, is, like, what draw, draws me to it to the extent that it did. I feel like... Brian Stevenson, who is the lawyer that was Michael B. Jordan, literally put his heart, soul um, into his passion, which was to make sure that there was justice for people who were being wrongly convicted on the basis of their skin. So um, I just love the way that I love the passion. I love the emotion. I love the rawness. I love that he showed his in the movie, too. He showed his failures. There were many times where blood was on his hands. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, not necessarily that it was on his hands, but like he wasn't able to free somebody that he knew was innocent. So, um, and as a law student, you know, it resonated. So mm. that's why that's my favorite movie. Dang, I was not expecting that. That's actually a solid. That was a great movie. Me and my wife watched it. Um, and just got kind of got really emotional watching it too at the same time. Mm-hmm. But um, Michael B. Jordan is an incredible actor. Absolutely. Like ridiculously good. Oh, also, nobody knows this in the room, but I was on set with Michael B. Jordan. What? Holla at your boy. <laughs> so can you Holla sign your boy. this here book for Look, me? Look, I got y'all. <laughs> so I don't know him personally, but I was on set and he was right behind me. You didn't see my face, but he was right behind me. <laughs> he was right behind me. So what happened was I was an extra on Creed II oh, wow. at Temple University. Yeah. And they um, were doing a boxing scene. I can't remember who he was boxing against, but he was right behind me, like, getting the tape wrapped and all this stuff. I'm like, yes, Michael B. Jordan. But you don't want to fan out at the same time because you're supposed to be working. Mm-hmm. And they paying you for this. I'm just like, I should say something. And then I stopped myself. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. But, yeah, that's my, my cool story. I was on set, and, um, you know, I'm rolling with that. When people ask me. I'm on set with Michael B. Jordan. Um, Do you have any footage of you on I have a So you weren't allowed to take footage, but I did sneak a picture. Now, it's a picture of nothing, but I got a picture. <laughs> like, it's a legit picture of me from the chair, and I took a picture of the actual boxing ring. And I was like, yo, I'm here. Creed 2. <laughs> yo, I was so hyped, bro. It was crazy, though. The actors, though, was mind-blowing. We were there for about 15, 16 hours Dang. for one scene. I don't think people realize like what actors have to go through. We were there for about 16 hours, like no joke. Wow. And I was like, yo, this is intense. Y'all got to do this every day for how long? He did that one boxing scene and so many different shots for hours. Took a break, came back, did it again. And it was like wow. a, a 45, 50 second boxing scene. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm out here. I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. I got a question. Was he really getting hit in those scenes? No. Okay. No, but... It, how- Almost, pretty much. Okay. Like, he did a very good job of, like, looking like he got punched in the mouth. But this was actually the scene where he got knocked out. Oh. It was actually that scene, and they had to keep going. A spicy scene. Yeah, yeah, and they do this thing called, I think it's called, like, pantomime or something, where nobody's making noise, mm-hmm. and you kind of, like, going through the motions, mm-hmm. and we got a fake, like, chair. So everybody's like, <laughs> but you're, nobody's, it's dead silence. So we had to go through that a bunch of times, and they went through the whole scene, and then you show, you see him getting knocked out and the sweat coming off, like, it's... He's incredible. The way what he just jumps in the character. What was your role? My role was to to be fly and and be in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> to that was be my fly. That was my role. He like said, it was I the, just had to be me. That, that was it. <laughs> they 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 brought me in to be me. It was cool though. Like we met somewhere like at this disclosed location in Philly. They picked us all up on this bus. It got real creepy. I'm gonna lie. I was like, yo, but they could <laughs> they could low key like kill us. Like it looked crazy. And they picked us up on these school buses. Took us to this other disclosed location, and there was a boxing ring built on the inside. Like, a whole, like, Vegas fight night built on the inside. I was like, this is crazy. And, um, yeah. That sounds <laughs> that was, That was my, my time at acting. I'm working on it, though. I'm, I'm going to see what films I can really get into when I really get out here. It's, <laughs> it's kind of wild how, like, celebrities do that. I went on a tour bus one time. And, like, they were like, you got to leave your phone at the door. And All they came that. back. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, anything could have happened, and I would have zero proof Facts. of what was going on. It could have went right. down. And that's how they were. They were very strict about uh, no phones or no footage inside of where they were filming. Mm-hmm. Like, you had to put it away instantly. And then they had, like, these um, these tents where we would go and eat. Like, they do a lunch break. They feed us all. And they had these tents we would go in and eat. And they would call us back by different sets. 
And they would come in there, and depending on how fly you were, depending on how <laughs> what you had on, that, that show where you were in a movie, if you sat up closer, it's because you were fly. You look like you had more money. So you had to play the role. Yeah. People at these boxing fights who are sitting in them close seats next to the ring, mm-hmm. they got money. Mm-hmm. So you had to look like you had money. Gotcha. And I, you know what I mean? So I came in swag. <laughs> you know it's crazy though trying to find yourself in the movie so specifically yeah. watching the movie to try to see yourself because that happened to me twice Kevin Hart when he came to Philly mm-hmm. me and my wife had went to go see him and he recorded that and that was a whole movie theater thing when he did the uh, performance at the Eagle Stadium mm-hmm. and the cameras came by us I'm like yo this is my shot we sit on the aisle seats and they coming by and it's like this sign that says laugh before he comes out so we're like uh-huh. practicing you're literally acting standing up clapping sitting down standing up and laughing before he even comes out because oh, they're catching wow. his footage. Yeah. So they're like, laugh, laugh. So I'm, we fake dying laughing. We falling out. Ah! <laughs> and they come by with the camera. I'm like, yo, I know they got me for the film. <laughs> so we end up going to the theater, watching it when it came out, and it only showed her. I was hurt. I was, <laughs> I was hurt. I was hurt. Oh, I swore I was going to be in it, but it only caught her because she sat on the actual aisle. It didn't catch me at all. But it caught her laughing for like probably like four or five seconds. <laughs> I watched the whole thing so thorough, trying to see myself like, yo, where am I at? But um, you were in denial. Denial. I was like, yeah, I know they got me on camera. I'm dying laughing. I'm falling all over the place. <laughs> I'm mad extra trying to get on camera. But um, yeah, man, I, I gotta get it. I gotta get. I'm trying to be a star out here. No, nah, I'm joking. <laughs> all right. So second question. Second question for this icebreaker. Um, what's the food that you can't live without? Mm. Blueberries, hands down. Mm. I love me some blueberries. Blueberries. Period. I love blueberries, What's the food too. you can't live without? My foods are mad unhealthy. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I was asked Will the same thing. He said spinach. I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. You said blueberries. I love blueberries, too. I feel like I got to change my answer because before it was like uh, pizza. You know what I mean? I'm like, I can't live without pizza. But I could live without pizza. The reality is. So I guess if I had to, to pick another food, it's probably bananas. Mm. I probably have a banana every single day for the last, God knows how long, 10, 12 years. Yeah. Something about a banana, if it's in a smoothie, if it's in oatmeal, I might just eat it by itself. Um, yeah, bananas. Y'all got me out here feeling really unhealthy. <laughs> but now, nah, blueberries are fire. Blueberries are fire. I actually used yeah. to eat a lot of them when I was running a lot because it would help get rid of like cramps and things like that, mm-hmm. the antioxidants and all that stuff. So I love, love, love um, blueberries. Wasn't my answer, but... Glad that it was yours. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the podcast podcast. Um, And I want to hear more about you. Um, This is actually our first time meeting in person, getting to know each other. Um, And you have this presence about you. You kind of get a vibe from people, right? Or I'm I'm a person that gets vibes from people. And I can tell very Mm -hmm. quickly if this is somebody I want to be around, somebody I want to build a relationship with. And just from you coming in this room, I'm like, man, she has a, a aura about her. Very soft spoken, but you have like this this presence about you, which is very interesting. Um, so I want to hear more about you. And there's a quote that I love. I share it every episode that says, your story is about you, but it's not for you. Mm-hmm. It's for someone else. So even before we jumped on camera, we were talking about my story and how I went to this school. And what was I doing in New Mexico? It's like all of that stuff happened to me. Right, it's about me, but it's not for me. It's for what I'm doing now. Who would you say it's for now? I would say it's for anyone who is in a place where they're lacking self worth. Mm. Um, anybody who's in a place where 
they're in need of affirmation. Um, anyone who sees themselves as less than. That's really who I believe is for. So even when people ask me, hey, what do you do? It's like, I don't really have a title for it. But I always tell people, you know, I, I create experiences for apprehensive or anxious individuals to feel worthy when they're waging a war in their mind because I was that individual. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to look back, connect the dots, and these are the individuals who I'm serving every single day. So I went through a lot of pain, but it all had purpose in it, right? So for you, I want to learn more about you, you know, young childhood, growing up. How do we get to this point to where you are now doing incredible incredible things, having viral, you know, poetry go, which is first and foremost, congratulations on that. Cause that thing is, is on the up and up and it's a powerful piece. So I want to hear more about you and then we're going to dive into that a little bit. So go ahead. Yeah. So I, when you say more about me, can you give me a little bit more of a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Focus? I want to know more about, let's start here more about this journey of you you know, really diving deep into poetry, okay. um, into writing, into creating. Were you always this way? No. So people always told me that I was good with my words. Um, and I think one of the most important things, first and foremost, is that a lot of us determine our worth based on what other people tell us. Um, mm, and for me, that's... it was like I never saw myself as a writer or a lyricist or a speaker until people told me that. So that's one. Um, But I always used to write, like, my feelings and my thoughts whenever I was upset, whenever I was excited, whenever I was feeling any sort of, like, drastic emotion. Um, And one day I looked at my journal and I'm like, oh, this is hot. (laughs) (laughs) So I decided to share it. Um, And people received it well, which was affirming. And so from there I was like, maybe I could do this. And I always, like, enjoyed watching poetry and, Mm -hmm. like, receiving poetry. So... Um, yeah, just looking at my journal one day, I'm like, this is hot. Like, maybe I could turn it into the thing that I enjoy loving and receiving. Um, and about five years ago, I performed at my first open mic. Nice. Um, and then I was like, I, I, looking back now, I'm like kind of embarrassed by that performance. It, it wasn't good, <laughs> but <laughs> but people supported me nonetheless. And I think that it speaks to the fact that like people like vulnerability. People, yes. There's so much more good in this world than there is bad. Like, people see someone trying to Mm. step out of a show and break out of a show, and they support it, period. Like, they want to see you do well, um, generally. So, yeah, I felt affirmed, and I kept kept on with the poetry thing. Wow. And you said something. There's so much more good than there is bad, but it's like the bad is what's magnified. Yes. Which is crazy. Yeah, because we like drama. We're like, that's why the news is you know, 90% negative Mm. because they get more views that way. Wow. That's deep. I never even thought about it that way, that there is a lot of positive happening. Everywhere. Right. I remember my dad (laughs) saying it back in the day, and I believe Kanye said in the song, ain't nothing on the news but the blues. Mm. And I'm like, man, because people ask, you ain't see the news. It's like, nah, I'll get the information from somebody, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, I have to protect my energy. I know that I get anxious with certain things. I get worried. Mm-hmm. It, the news that have you thinking that everything outside is on fire, people in the street laying yeah. dead, and you go outside, it's like, <laughs> just take a deep breath and realize that that's not life. Mm-hmm. Right? Wow. So that that's actually freeing to me. 
Um, and for anybody that really has problems with anxiety and things like that is to realize, like, it's not as bad as what you may think it is, right? It's all the perception of, of what we're creating in our minds and That's really it. starting to believe. And it's like you got to start questioning, where did I get these beliefs from? I've been on that journey for about a year or two now, questioning a lot of like, yo, where did I get this from? That's it. Right. Even like your experience where you said you're in New Mexico. Was mm -hmm. it New Mexico when you were trying out? Yeah, I was in uh, while I was in New Mexico, I went to Vegas for the tryout. Vegas. So you're in Vegas trying out, you don't make the team. Generally a negative feeling, a negative experience. But if you really break that down, you're out there with somebody who loves you. Right. That's a blessing. That's a positive. You're out there with people who are going on to do other things. So you're are you're surrounded by people who are challenging you in that way um you're in vegas you're in a new place right so there's so you're healthy so there's so many positive things that you can choose to acknowledge and embrace in a negative moment that's so true i never even looked at it that way but that's so true there's so much positive around us it's like there's always two sides to everything i heard a gentleman say once that there's no one-sided bread like there's always two sides to it and that's mm -hmm. so true. It's like, what is the perspective? What is the lens that I'm looking at this through? And I believe that for me, a lot of my teen life, young adult life, everything was like I picked up the glasses of negativity. And that's how I looked at life. Mm -hmm. But now I'm looking back like, oh, I wasn't as, as bad as my mind made that seem. Have you always been, uh, I guess, introspective like that? With your thoughts and kind of like really analyzing and really understanding like, okay, this isn't as bad as it seems or was there ever a time when you were kind of I don't want to say negative but maybe your thoughts were a little more um self-defeating oh yeah all the time um this brand bloomed out of a time when I was like at my lowest low and couldn't really see much positive outside mm -hmm. of my situation so that's one and two um, I just finished telling you how I didn't try out for the D1 team yeah, when yeah, it was a tryout yeah. because I was like, I looked around and I'm like, these women are big. Like, there's no way I'm making this team. So, yeah, very self-defeating moments. Mm. I was in a relationship, a toxic relationship. Shout out to my ex. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, we just recorded a, a video together the other day. It was my first time seeing her since the breakup like a year and, I don't know, over a year and a half of, of not seeing each other. The last time we had seen each other was the day we broke up. And like two weeks ago, we recorded in the studio, had a very transparent, vulnerable conversation because I want to uh, post that content for the brand of like all the, the negative things that happened to get me to this place of healing. Um, so yeah, that was, those were some dark times. Like I'm talking, cops were called, I'm wow. talking, wow. we got kicked out of a hotel because we had into a physical altercation one time in Atlanta. Like, just like all kinds of of negative behaviors between mm. us. Yeah. Do you ever look at those scenarios and not to pry too deep, but do you ever think like, oh, I could have stopped this? In a sense, or was it more of, you know, your partner bringing that energy towards you? Was there ever a point where you're like, yo, I, I, I kind of control what's going on. Like, I can pull back. In those moments, it was a lot easier to blame her mm -hmm. than to blame myself. Now, looking back at it, the only reason that situation has occurred is because I contributed to it and allowed it to. So, like, looking back now from where I am now, yeah, that was all me. 
anything that happens, you know, to me, any situation that I am invested in is because of me. So, mm. yeah. That's, uh, what is it, extreme ownership. Yeah. Extreme ownership. Taking full responsibility and being okay with that, with what comes with it. That's powerful, and that's growth. That's growth, because I feel like I'm at that place now, and I, I definitely wasn't <laughs> before. It was so much easier to blame everybody and everything around me. Always. And then you realize, like, yo, when are you going to stop using everyone and everything as a scapegoat for your flaws? Yep. You know what I mean? For your downfalls and for the things that you really need to address and work on. And once I took that extreme ownership and I started to take responsibility for my actions, things changed around me. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like people changed around me. Like the energies and everything. And Art. yeah, that, that's the most powerful part. It's like it literally changed once I started to change. Mm-hmm. And I want people to really gather and understand that. Like it starts with you. We're out here trying to change other people and change situations. And it's like, you really got to work on a person in the mirror. I think that that's extremely important and that's powerful. And I appreciate you, you know, just being transparent about that. Um, I guess that's that's some of the things that everybody loves about you is your transparency. And that comes through a lot in your work. Like your, 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 the stuff you say, I feel like the stuff you say is the stuff. Plus, what's the thing we say? I'm going to say what you're thinking. <laughs> We used to say it for the wrong reasons, but I'm going to say what you're thinking. What you over there writing, King? <laughs> that looks fancy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you good, bro. Bro, you know I like the raw transcripts. You know, nah, bro. Nah, it's saying TV, sir. I'm just taking some notes, things that y'all are, um, you know, just, I'm just grabbing value from what y'all talking about. Helping me to reflect. That's lit. Man, shout out to your team. Y'all are so professional, and we love to see it, true. Thank you. Yeah. Shout out to y'all, man. If I ain't say it enough, <laughs> if I ain't show y'all enough, let me stop. <laughs> stop. Nah, shout out to y'all. So um, what I do want to do, I want to switch gears really quick because you are a law student, right? I ran closer. Me too? Okay, okay, okay. I'm good. Okay. So you're a law student, <clears throat> correct? Correct. Why law? Ooh, spicy question. (laughs) So what got me, transparency, what got me into law school was actually the incarceration, or the idea of law school was the incarceration of my father. Um, Mm. When he was incarcerated, and I asked him for permission to, like, share this publicly before ever sharing it publicly, but um, when he was incarcerated, I became very, I don't know, just, like, frustrated because I didn't know what was going on. Um, I was in high school and like nobody really told me much in my family. He didn't want me to go to his court dates because he didn't want me to see him in that light. Um, And nobody would ever talk to me. So I remember like Googling him and his case and then seeing terms on there and the articles and things like that. And I would like be like, okay, what does this mean? And then I would just go down rabbit holes. Then I start reading cases and I'm like, you know, just First of all, frustrated by his circumstance because I'm like, I don't know anything, but no, this can't be it. <laughs> and then I'm seeing other things, and then I'm starting to like go down this rabbit hole of finding statistics about how black and brown people are incarcerated at such higher rates than white people and how drug cases are the epitome of what our system is when really we should be focused on murderers and rapists and, and all of these right. things. So. Um, I became passionate. I thought I was going to do defense law, criminal law. Um, but 
that's actually not what I'm trying to do now. But ultimately, that is what got me into the door. I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to make change. But I started doing internships where I realized that the system is broken right. um, to the point where I don't think that I would be able to do that work without losing myself um, entirely. So I'm still kind of battling through like how I can still do work that I'm passionate about while also bridging the gap between the arts and law, which is entertainment law, which is what I'm looking to to dabble into now. But I think there's ways for me to still do that passion work without losing myself right. in, in being that kind of lawyer. So, but so transitioning a little bit in it. Yeah. But that's that's powerful and I love that you what happened was there was a purpose on why you were doing it. It wasn't so I can, you know, make this money, so I can retire, so I can set right. this up. It was like these are the things that are happening, the injustices, and this is why I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. And I want people to hear that because I'm, I'm, I deal with a lot of students all the time in high school, you know, freshmen in college, sophomores, mm-hmm. and they have this idea of going to school to try to make money. And yes. It's like, look, we're in 2022. You can make money doing anything. Let's yeah. not worry about that right now. What are you passionate about? What has some purpose behind it? Something that will drive you and wake you up. You had true mm-hmm. purpose because of what happened, what you've seen, what you researched. And I think that that's powerful because when I initially went to school, the first school <laughs> in Memphis, Tennessee, I went down there. I was like, I'm going to go for a business degree because I'm trying to make money. Realizing, first of all, you don't need a degree in business to have a business. That was a whole other story, but I didn't know. But I went down there with the mindset of trying to figure out something to get the best career, to make the most money. And I didn't really have purpose behind it until I graduated from Rowan. And I went back and I started to get into sociology and I started to learn about health and all these different things about the mind. And I was like, oh, this is where it's at for me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about money, but that's allowed me to have success in what I'm doing. Um, so I love that about you, that that was the reason. Because I was really, really interested in being like a law student. So I'm coming up with all these things like, all right, why would you pick law? Is it because of this? Because of that? Mm-hmm. But from what you just explained, it's extremely powerful. And then it also, I love how it reflects in some of your art, which is powerful. And and speaking of art, because I always love to, pe- love to hear people's creative process. What does that look like for you, the creative process? Me and my guy, Ty... Uh, you can't see him, y'all, but he's behind the <laughs> camera. You'll see him soon. But, uh, he, he's also an artist as well, a playwright, a poet, um, oh, wow. a painter, um, everything else. I, I'm sorry. You got a lot. It's a list of stuff. He was actually just at his art gallery, <laughs> and he sold a few paintings and things like that. But he's, you know, author, all of this stuff. And we were talking about our creative process and what that looked like for him and how he's up from 4 in the afternoon to 3 in the morning, and he just has to be in the zone, and he's painting. So it's like... Your work is so beautiful and so amazing. What does that process look like for you when you're creating, you know, your next piece of work, your next poem? Yeah, so I don't really feel like I have a clear-cut process. Every time I feel inspired, I just put pen to paper. Um, I guess the one thing that's absolutely consistent is I always throw on an instrumental by my guy, shout out to Major League Beats. Hey. Um, he makes incredible beats for poets. And so I throw on a beat and I'll just free flow, right? But every time is different. Like sometimes I just need to pen to paper the whole way down. I just won't pick up my pen. I just kind of like free write. Sometimes I'm like, nah, I really have this metaphor that came to me in the shower and I want to <laughs> use it. Like my latest one was... Uh, like airplanes and traveling I was I got stuck on that metaphor and so then I made a piece called baggage claim where I'm talking about dating but using all like 
traveling terms, like going through the TSA line and then, you know, having your luggage and carry on versus check in and things like that. So I, in those cases, I'll write the big metaphor in the middle and then I'll just branch out like, OK, like what are things that happen at an airport? Boom, 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 name all these things and then try to connect those to like, OK, well, what can, you know, the the security represent in this love situation? What can the flight attendant represent in this love situation? So then that's how I like make it clever. So that's sometimes. And then other times I would just kind of like sit there and, and try to come up with clever things as I'm free writing. And then I'll stop and I'll pause and I'll just look at it and say it, see if it sounds good, go back and just add to it. So mm. it changes. It depends on the mood, like, and, and what's inspiring me in that moment. But every time I'm inspired, I put pen to paper or I, you know, grab my phone. So you oh, must. Oh, uh, the, the live went off? I don't know. Oh, I think because the battery about to die. Oh, you got the guy. So you must carry uh, in the paper what you often. Yeah, but if not, I just grab my phone. You just throw some stuff in there. That's yeah. kind of dope, like the way that you broke that down, like put this here and then branch out. That's that's interesting. Um, I love that creative process. Mine's a little different. Uh, for me, I definitely have to be inspired by something. Um, usually it's something that makes me frustrated, which I'm trying to get away from that. Because mm. I want to start creating from a place of just kind of like pure good energy. Mm-hmm. And having the opportunity to to bring different artists and different things on a podcast, I realize a lot of us create from a place of pain, especially like music artists, R&B. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was for like pain music. I'm thinking about Mary J. Blige. I'm thinking about Usher's Confessions. All the stuff that we thought was fire, like, yo, this is the greatest thing. These come from a place of, of pain. Um, and I think that it's important for us to get to this place of healing, this place of love, this place of light, and then create from that mm-hmm. inspiration. Can I ask you a question, though? Yeah, please do. Do you think there's value in creating from a place of pain? Absolutely. 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 For me, so there's value in creating from a place of pain. I feel like we shouldn't always have to be in pain to create. Mm. So I'll use Mary J because she's, you know, very well known for creating that music of her going through heartbreaks and things like that. People like, oh, her other music when she's trying to be happy and speak about different things. I ain't really hitting like that. Mm-hmm. I like the old stuff. I need I need her to go through it. I've heard people say this. <laughs> I need, I need you to go through another breakup. I need somebody to hurt you, hit you. I need some of that music. And it's just like, man, when do we get past that? So, you know, it's it's valuable. Um, for me, it was very valuable when I was in my darkest spot, just writing. It was very therapeutic. Um, but I don't want that to be the only space where I'm inspired. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I want to be able to come in just having an amazing day. I'm joy off the charts. I'm feeling great. Like, let me sit down and write something real quick. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. And I want that for other artists as well. You know what I mean? When do you feel the most excited or, like, full or invigorated? For me, that is being around family and friends and laughing. I know it sounds simplistic, but that's, like, my real, like, answer. Like, for my birthday, I had all of my guys over. Um, their wives, and we did nothing but sit at my dinner table with a bunch of food, some wine, different drinks, just laughing. I was like, yeah, I feel so much joy in this moment. It was better than just flying away somewhere and doing all these things or buying something new. It was like, yo, I love, like, how can I capture this moment and make more of this next year? Mm. 
So that's that's where I'm at with that. Like they asked me um, a couple of weeks ago, I was doing an interview. It's like, what's your definition of like wealth, and what do you think about? It? I think about those opportunities to have more joy. It's like, how can I build what I'm doing to create more experiences like that? Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's what life is all about. It's like I want to live in that joy. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's a little deep, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I asked you that because I'm, I'm thinking like maybe the next time you're around a group full of people who you love, which I think there's nothing simple about that, by the way, nothing simplistic about being surrounded by love. But the next time that you are, maybe put pen to paper, mm. maybe write when you're feeling full. Wow. I never even thought about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take you up on that. I'm going to yeah. take you up on that because I usually isolate myself and I try to set a vibe and it's like, yeah, if I'm already inspired, you right. Yeah. You right. Nah, that's that's good. Man, you you give me like Lauren Hill vibes. Like good good Lauren Hill vibes. Good Lauren Hill vibes. Not the Lauren Hill that ain't showing up to the show. I'm talking about like the good stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> like the like the Lauren Hill that loves the art and the music and we you know what I mean we can feel that. So that's the vibe. You, you definitely funny. give me that. You, you give me that. So <laughs> nah Thank for real, man. Nah, seriously, seriously. Um, I've had a few friends who were upset because she didn't come to shows that they paid for. But we we still love Miss Lauren Hill. She's still the greatest ever. And I'm gonna see you one day when you decide to show up to a show. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. So, ooh, it just got real shady. <laughs> right, right, right. Did somebody turn the lights down? Nah, let me stop. Um, so I want to dive in really quick into this topic of love because when I think about you, um. When I hear you think you, about love, stop. Seriously, no, no, no. That's what seriously, you to say. Seriously, seriously, seriously. When I think wow. about you, I think about like love, right? When I hear you speak, when I watched you perform, it's like it's like love. Wow. Now everybody has their own definition of love, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but I want to hear from you. How do you define love? Oh, that's deep. Go ahead, take your time. I take your time. Ready for that one. <laughs> And I feel like people would agree with me too when I say that when they think of you, like if they had to give like one word, it's like love or like gratitude or like peace. It's one of those three for sure. I'm just know my head is feeling real big right now. (laughs) So when I can't get out the door today, just know that's why. (laughs) Um, Nah, that's love though. See what I mean? No pun intended. See what I mean? (laughs) For real. Um, so my my definition of love, I was just having a conversation about this with somebody the other day, is like shifting, ever-evolving right now in this season of my life. But I think today love just means a deep appreciation for something or someone. Um, I think it means gratitude in the present moment. So a lot of times we are here, but we're thinking about the next thing. So maybe we're recording this podcast, but we're thinking about how it'll be received. Mm, Or maybe I'm with someone who I really like and dig, like a shovel. Hey. Ah. Hey. (laughs) Maybe I'm with somebody that I really dig and I'm thinking about, like, is this going to lead to a relationship? Or is it going to lead to heartbreak? Or, like, are they going to play me in the future? Is this really as good as what it seems? Um, So I think love is like chalking all of that and just deeply appreciating with complete gratitude whatever is before you in that moment. 
And when you do that, you're able to, like, give love because I'm able to see, like, wow, I really appreciate your energy right now, right here. Like, thank you for taking time out of your day to be with me right here, right now. And, like, thank you for everything that you're doing to touch other people right here, right now in this season. Um, And by doing that, you give love. I think a lot of people tell me, like, yo, M, my name's Emmy. Um, Yo, M, you love so well and you love so fully and completely. Thank you for being a good friend or, like, thank you for being a good um, stink (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) Um, And I think the reason that I'm able to give love well um, is because I am now learning to, like, appreciate people in this moment. And that's it. Was Was that a tough process of learning to really appreciate people and be in the moment? Yes. Um, It was never difficult for family and friends, but it was difficult for relationships, Mm. for sure. Because I was always trying to hold on to the relationship and always trying to, um, you know, I was always thinking about I don't want to get hurt or played. So now I'm not thinking about the fact that you just drove two hours to come here and be with me. And, like, you put in all this effort, but instead I'm thinking about when you go back, are you going to make me look stupid? <laughs> so you're already game planning, like, all right, I got to set it up this way because you might try to... To hurt me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You came a long way. A very long, long way. way. And I'm still working. Absolutely. It, healing is not, like, a destination. It's definitely an ever-ending journey. It's also not one directional. It goes up and down. Like, I could feel up here today and tomorrow I could be like, damn really not where I thought I was and I noticed this thing that's still holding me back so wow that's that's a word for somebody because a lot of people are they're in their process of healing and they they believe that it is this destination you know what I mean it's it's something that you constantly have to show up and be intentional about every single day because it's glorified it's glorified especially now it's kind of almost uh mental health healing um all of these things, affirmations, they're all kind of like buzzwords now, but they are very powerful at the same time. But it's like we also have to respect the process. Mm-hmm. You've done been traumatized for 17 years. Mm. You ain't about to change because you went to therapy twice. Mm. You know what I mean? You have to go through this process, and when things happen, I think we need to learn to have grace with ourselves. Period. Because we have grace with everybody else around us. We love on other people, but we're very hard Um or, or, or it's very hard for a lot of people to love on themselves and have grace with themselves. Mm. And I think that, to me, that's what healing is. It's like, all right, Nate, you know, went through this stuff since you were seven years old. It all ain't going to be gone overnight. There's mm-hmm. a lot that you have to deal with. There's a lot of demons. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of issues. There's a lot of voices. Give yourself some grace. Yep. And then also, you know, applaud yourself for even wanting to heal. Yep. Some people are comfortable where they are. So give yourself mm-hmm. some grace and really cheer yourself on like, yo, you took another step today. That's huge. And I want people to really understand and kind of grasp that. I love that you just said, first of all, a lot of what you just said, but having grace with yourself, I think that you, can you ever think about a time where, I don't know, someone held the door for you or smiled at you, something real small. And like, it felt good. And now I'm holding the door for the next person or I'm smiling at the next person. Um, but then, you know, if you ever smile at somebody and they don't smile back, you like, mm, <laughs> I'm not going to smile at nobody right. else because you got me out here looking stupid. <laughs> um, but it's like, it's it goes to that theory of like, when you feel good, 
you can give, but when you don't feel good, you can't give. So, like, pouring into mm-hmm. self and loving self and having gratitude for self goes a long way in trying to love others, too. Mm. It's like the most simple things are the most powerful. Mm-hmm. Something as simple as, like, hey, pour into yourself so you can pour out. And it's like, people, we hear it. It's like, but do we really understand it? Yeah. It's like, oh, I know that. I heard that quote before. It's like, yeah, but are you going to live it out? Like, pour into yourself. Mm-hmm. But no, 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 I got to. No, 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 no. You're the priority here. You got to take care of you first, and then you can pour into everybody else. Mm-hmm. Because if not, they're getting a mediocre version of you. That's it. No matter how hard you try, you have to stop, disconnect, pour into yourself, and then we can pour into other people, mm-hmm. which is extremely powerful. And I believe that you do that um, very well, very well. Just kind of... Um, going through some of the posts that you put up, not like in a stalker way, but like trying to look and like, okay, let me see what she's writing or whatever. Um, I actually came across your most recent post. I took a picture of it. Um, One, your gift in writing is immaculate, the way you wrote this caption, but I want to read this if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Cool, 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 cool. So this was, this might have been today, yesterday? Yesterday. Yesterday? Okay, yesterday. Was it the quote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a quote thread. It was a quote thread. But you said um, a few powerful things that I want to share with the audience. It says, a year ago, I didn't know how to exist as this version of myself. First of all, we're going to pause right there because that was fire. (laughs) We're going to pause right there. A year ago, I didn't know how to exist as this version of myself. I was lost. I was still blaming other people for my pain. I defined myself by many of society's standards, occupation, degrees, materialistic things, the woman on my arm, etc. First paragraph, I feel like can free some people. On, on a serious note, then it says, you love. sometimes the only way out is in, from LaRussell, who's dope artist, by the way, too. Shout out to LaRussell. Yeah, he's fire. He's my favorite artist next to Cole. Really? Mm-hmm. He's fire. He has, um, he smoked some freestyle. I can't remember what it was on. Was it a... Uh, our... All of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but we'll just go all of them. It might have been LA Leakers, though, that was the most recent one I listened to. But he says, um, sometimes the only way out is in. Sometimes that means going deeply into self. Other times that means diving head first into your dreams. Regardless of what it is, I hope, I hope this serves as your reminder to do the work. Read that one more time. I hope this serves as your reminder to do the work. Be honest with yourself about what you deserve. You can't expect CEO treatment if you're putting in administrative efforts. That was a jab right at somebody's neck. <laughs> so I don't know who that was for, but that was, <laughs> I don't know who that was for. I was like, I don't know who that was for, but that was for somebody. I felt a little Wait. personal. Um, and it finishes <laughs> off here. It says, uh, that goes for anything in life. Don't expect a divine love until you unlock the divinity in you first. Don't expect to get on capital until you're putting in the work consistently. Stay inspired, stay loved, stay free. And you always end it in a loving, graceful way. But um, just this whole passage in itself, you say you just posted this last night. Mm-hmm. What inspired that? Because hmm. that's not something you just get over and write and just just drop those bars like that. But what really inspired that last night? Like, what was on your heart? Yeah, I think that 
yesterday I was in a very reflective state because the you know the poem has been going viral. I think today's maybe day three or something like that. And I just wanted for people to be, for one, for people to know that, like, I was receiving a lot of love, a plethora of love from people that I did not know from everywhere in the world, and it felt amazing. But also, I need people to know that, like, this wasn't always me and that I am very much on this journey right now um, of still healing, of still learning, of still figuring this out. And in terms of, you know, you can't expect CEO results with administrative efforts. You said it's a jab, mm-hmm. but it it's like even I in this moment am like I, I can't expect to like be on now just because I got one poem that went viral. Like All I right. still have to put in the work. I still have to get my 10,000 hours in. I still have to master the craft. I still have to be ready for a big moment um, because I'm not yet. And that's the reality. Like, I still fumble sometimes on stage. I even fumbled in that poem that went viral on stage. Um, so, like, I'm not I'm not where I need to be. So even though I myself want to be on now, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Like, people see me. Like, I got the platform now. Um, like, I just need someone big to give me the stage so that I can really turn up. Um I'm not there yet. I'm still not giving CEO energy. I'm still not writing as much as I should be. Um, And then La Russell's quote, sometimes the only way out is in, that really resonated because sometimes the only way to free yourself from your mind is to go into your mind. And a lot of us have shackles on our minds. A lot of Mm -hmm. us are still living with the things that have been indoctrinated within us, which is like you go to school to learn how to be employable so that you can get a good job under somebody else and make good money to support yourself and pay off the education that you just got to get that degree. And so a lot of us go to our nine to fives, trading our time for money, trading our joy for money, trading our dreams for someone else's. And I think that in order to free yourself from those shackles within your mind, you have to dig deeply within your mind. You have to start indoctrinating your own ideas into your mind. Um, and your own passions and your own dreams. So, yeah, I've j- I was doing a lot of reflecting these past couple of days. That's that's really powerful. And um, I want to encourage anybody that's listening or watching to make it a, a practice to reflect. Sometimes, like you said, we're on go. You know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to do this to get this job, to set this thing up, to get this degree, to do this, to set this up, to build this. And it's like, you know, take a breather. Mm-hmm. and reflect. And I think that that's super, super powerful. Um, and I love that you did that, and I love that you shared what you were feeling in that moment with us, you know, obviously via social media, but it was freeing for a lot of people to read that, you know, just going through the comments, seeing some people like, yo, this page is, every time she writes something, it's just speaking to me, speaking to my soul, speaking to my spirit. It's just like, man, that's powerful, and we're grateful that you let us into that space. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we can ref- when I reflect, I'm usually reflecting by myself. I ain't sharing much of nothing. Yeah. But I think that it's powerful that you were able to reflect and then not just reflect but add value to so many lives that are going to see this stuff, right? Um, man, I feel like I can go on and on with you for <laughs> for a while and just we can we can go down this 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 rabbit hole of just just deep thoughts and perspectives. Um, 
And I love that. I really, really love that about you. But I do want to ask you this. Uh, as we talk about the brand, the incredible brand, the, first of all, the quality is is fire, especially seeing it in person. What does that you. one say? It says surrender to the moment in divine flow. Mm. Surrender to the moment in divine flow. Do you come up with the quotes yourself? Mm-hmm. And they are, they're always reflective of whatever that season is looking like for me. So this season right here is about flow. Mm. My last season was about releasing what doesn't serve me. Mm. That's powerful. What, I might have asked this before, but what really inspired you to get the brand out there and sort of um, an apparel line mm -hmm. for us to kind of wear. Yeah. So, one, I gave a lot of my money to apparel lines right. that don't need my money, one, and two, are not really doing anything for me. And so I wanted to create clothing that I'm proud to wear with a message on it that whenever people walk past me and stop to read it, they're like, oh, that was a good reminder. Um, so my first, first, first T was heal so your kids won't have to. Um, and that was me going I mean, to that's, therapy. We need, we need that one back. <laughs> we need that one back. It's, it's still out. That's the OGT. Um, and I want people to, like, walk past me and look at my shirt and walk past anyone else who has the shirt and, and be like, oh, wow, right. like, that's dope. Because seeing the little horse on my shirt isn't doing anything for anybody. And at the end of the day, a lot of us, again, have these mental shackles where we're, like, trying to live up to this status quo. And our clothing reflects that often. Um, and I'm still guilty of it sometimes. Sometimes I, I buy a pair of Yeezys just because they're Yeezys, and I know that they're they're going to give me clout when I walk. I thought you <laughs> called I me out. I got a pair of Yeezys on right now. <laughs> it's so comfortable, though. I was like, ah. They are comfortable. I'm out here like a slave. They're comfortable, <laughs> but I promise you I'm not paying $450 for sneakers oh, yeah, if they're not Yeezys just because they're Yeezys. And I, right. You know what I mean? Like, And I do it all the time. Um <laughs> I'm not going to hold you, but at the end of the day, I'm trying to break free from that a little bit, and um, I just want to create things that matter. Like, and I want to wear things that matter. I want to look down at my pants and be like, flow. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so the, the heel tee, which I was getting on a tangent about real quick, <laughs> was really to reflect this idea that um, I was in therapy at the time, first time going to therapies after the breakup. And I realized that I was carrying a bunch of baggage that actually didn't belong to me um, in addition to my own. And it really belonged to, like, my mom, who had a lot of trauma in her own life. And because of that, instilled some trauma in me. And that's not to make her any less of a parent. She was a phenomenal mom, did everything she possibly could to give me the best possible outcome. But she was walking around with trauma that maybe didn't belong to her too and, and definitely instilled some of those things in me. And that translated for me as like anger sometimes. So like in relationships, for example, my last one, I would often not know what to do with my emotions and I would react the same way my mom would. Mm. And I would do and say the same things that she right. did and said that like I hated about 
her, you know, mm. coping mechanisms. Um, and she was always like, no, like, therapy is not a thing that we do. Like, stop talking to me about mental health. And so I was like, stop talking to me about mental health. Um, and then I also carried a lot of her her pain um, on me as well because she struggles with mental health and now she's open about it, which I love. Now she's in therapy. Now she's mm, doing all of the on. things. Come on, yep. I love it. But um, for a long time, that wasn't the case. And so, yeah, just creating things that are meaningful mm. and that other people can relate to, trying to build and make community out of it. That's powerful. And I'm, I'm definitely inspired by that. Um, and something that I heard you say, um, or, or something like it was, you're, the, you're a trailblazer. So like you said, you started going to therapy first. You started yeah. to seek healing first. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it inspires the people we love who need these things as well to do the same. Mm -hmm. So I'm similar. I started going to therapy first. I started seeking my healing journey first um, because I got tired of what it looked like on the other side. I got tired of living in pain and trauma and anxiety and all these different things. And while I was afraid of what this other side looks like, I was like, look, it has to be different than this. And because I did that, it inspired my dad, my mm. mom, my brother. You know what I mean? And it's, I always think like, man, what if I didn't put myself first and started to pour into myself and get the things that I truly needed? Would they have done the same? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that that's super important. And um, I just wanted to, to honor you with that because that's powerful that you did that. And then it inspired her. Mm -hmm. as well and I said that's a beautiful beautiful thing that's a beautiful thing and, and being a trailblazer isn't easy but it's necessary and shout out to you for doing the same thing and paving the way for the whole family it sounds yeah. like yeah it's, it's important it's been a journey but um I'm proud to say that they've all decided to start seeking and they come to me like all right so where should I go what's this and they come to me for these answers like, I ain't got the answers <laughs> I'm out there like I ain't got the answers but I'm glad that you're starting to be intentional you know, mm -hmm. about your well-being, about your health, about the traumas you went through. Because while you're my parent, you're also a person. Yes. You had to go through your own stuff growing up. Yes. You had your own traumas and issues. I just saw you as mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Right. But at the end of the day, you were somebody else's child as well. Mm -hmm. So I love that they're doing that. And I love that, you know, for your mother, she's doing that as well. That's powerful. So what's next for for you? What's next for the brand? Um, what are you looking to do? Yeah, so this is now going on my second month. February was my first month not working. I was a teacher for six years. Hey. Um, so What'd when you, you talk about, um, I taught at Kip and Mastery okay. were like the two schools that I taught at throughout okay. my six years because I was in Jersey first. So hey, shout out to Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I'm still figuring this thing out. I think that what's next for me is just learning what it's like to exist as my own entity and not, like, depending on somebody else's paycheck and depending on somebody else's structure. Um, if I'm being honest, I still don't know how to be me without being attached to, like, the label as a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, I still don't have my schedule together. I still don't really know, like... I don't know yet that I'm going to be okay financially. Um, so those things are like things that I hope to figure out in this next chapter. Um, so far, the bills have been paid, but right. it's a little scary sometimes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Mm. And um, 
I hope to be getting more gigs. I hope to travel a little bit more in terms of poetry. I also want to make writing workshops um, a little bit more of a thing with the brand. It's something that I offer through the brand. Um, but yeah, just more establishment. It's on the way. And and honestly, you're in the right place. Yeah. You get the resources, the tool, the education, the access. So you're definitely on your way. And um, I'm excited to see how over these next six months to a year to two years, how it really unravels for you. Mm-hmm. And I believe everything is going to align itself up the way it needs to go. Um, but I understand. <laughs> I understand, like, the anxious part of it, like, all right, hold on, wait a minute. I don't <laughs> know where the next dollar about to come from in this joint. But it's like yeah. you have faith that it'll work itself out. And that's the most inspiring and encouraging thing um, out there, really. Mm-hmm. Faith, the transparency, it, um, it makes you shine. Seriously, it literally that. makes you shine because you show up in that way. You're not showing up like I got this together, this, this, and this. It's like, hold on, wait a minute, y'all. <laughs> I need to figure this thing out just like everybody else. And it's like, I can really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. That's extremely powerful. So, um, as we wrap down or, or wind down, I don't know where wrap down came from, <laughs> but as we wind down uh, this episode, what I do want to dive into actually, you know what? First and foremost, let me share. Or you can share how the people can get in contact with you. Where can they find you? Where can they watch this poem at? This viral poem. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Visionary the Poet is my handle on Instagram as well as TikTok. Um, the poem went viral on Voices and Powers TikTok page. Mm. Um, but I just posted it on my page as well. Um, so their TikTok is Voices and Power underscore. That's where you can find that viral piece. Mm-hmm. Or just come to mind. It's the same poem. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and my Twitter is Visionary Rights because Visionary the Poet was too long for Twitter. So <laughs> <laughs> Visionary Rights. So look, y'all, make sure that y'all follow her, um, that y'all tap in. Make sure that y'all tap in with the poetry as well. Um, incredible, incredible artist, incredible creative, uh, beautiful spirit. Thank you. Um, And she just has so much value to give. So before I let you go, I always have my guests bring a quote with them, and I'll go ahead and read the quote that you share. Um, I'm a big quote person. So on my phone, I have probably like five folders now, but there are quotes for specific things. And it might be a quote you said I might write down. It might be some stuff that I was inspired by. It might be from a movie. It can be from something that was written on a wall. Mm -hmm. If it hit me, I'm writing it down. So I literally have folders of just quotes. I kind of almost, I said that I live by quotes. Certain quotes. Um, So you had a quote that says, no amount of security is worth the suffering of a mediocre life chained to a routine that has killed your dreams. I'm going to read that one more time. No amount of security is worth the suffering of a mediocre life chained to a routine that has killed your dreams. Where did that come from and what does that, that mean to you? Yeah, that was said by Maya Mendoza, and that means this season of divine flow for me. Um, I was feeling very secure and comfortable in this American dream of, like, I have the the home, the car, the good job, the benefits, and, like, that was secure for me. It was comfortable. I knew I was going to be good. I didn't have to think about my next meal. Now, today, I realize, like, I wasn't happy with the system that was in place at my last school. 
um, which wasn't Mastery, by the way. Shout out to Mastery. Mastery is, like, one of my favorite places to be. But <laughs> um, I wasn't happy, and I felt like we weren't doing what was best for black and brown kids, period. And so, like, being there was more so contributing to a, a national problem, in my opinion, and doing so for security. So I feel like a lot of us do jobs that we're kind of like selling our souls or we're not really aligned with the values of that thing because we're getting security in return. Um, so I don't think it's worth it. I think that it is better to do the things that you're passionate about. It is better to invest in yourself. It's better to take that risk. It's better to be hungry some days and mm. like figure it out and be surrounded by love and, and wake up feeling blessed and feeling gratitude for what you have the opportunity to do that day than to wake up saying, oh, it's Monday and I really don't feel like doing this and I'm going to be there from nine to five and then I'm going to get home and be too tired to think about change. Um, so, yeah, mm. that's that's what it means for me in this season. Wow. Mm. You felt that? Time? I felt like you was about to get up and run the lap. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a move. I saw he about to throw something. He heard that word. <laughs> That thing spoke to his soul. <laughs> All I can see out my peripheral is like, is he about to go? That's it. Oof. <laughs> he said, I'm about to throw said, something. <laughs> nah, that, that's powerful. Um, wow. that Let that one breathe real quick. Jeez Louise. Goodness gracious. So uh, one last question I have for you um, before we end. And again, thank you for your time. I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, I love to ask guests, as you know, the name of the show is Change What We Normalize. Mm -hmm. um, and I love to hear the different perspectives on what that means for the guests. So I know why I created Change What We Normalize. I know what it means to me. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask you, what does Change What We Normalize mean to you? I think it means challenging the things that have been indoctrinated in our minds from the time that we were this big and questioning, questioning things. I mean, people don't question the Bible, but mm. the Bible was written before the Constitution was written. And how many times was the Constitution amended? Because it was problematic, because it was very primitive in the way that the writers thought about it. So why don't we question the Bible? Mm. Um, and that's not to say, you know, anybody who doesn't is a problem in any way, but at least sit with those thoughts and, and make sure that you are applying your own feelings and your own thoughts and your own lived morals um, to the equation as well. So I think it just means questioning what's true for you instead of accepting what society has made true for you. Mm. That's powerful. And that was beautifully answered as well. I remember Kendrick saying in the song, I can't remember the song, what it was, but it was off um, to Pimper Butterfly, and he talked about questioning everything. Mm -hmm. He talked about questioning everything. I think it was Mortal Man. If I'm not mistaken, it was Mortal Man. We talked about questioning everything, cats, dogs, the grass, like everything. <laughs> he was literally like, yeah, you have to question everything. And I think that that's a great practice to have, not in a disrespectful way, where mm -hmm. I'm trying to question, you know, authority in this disrespectful way or anything mm -hmm. like that. But it's like, I have my own thoughts. Mm -hmm. I want to know why this is this. Yeah. Why does this work this way? All right, where did this belief come from? And I think that that's powerful for, for anyone to practice because the reality is when we're born, our first teachers are our parents or guardians. Mm -hmm. And we take everything that they say is truth. Yep. And a lot of people never question that truth yep. at all because it's like, oh, that's my, they love me. They have the best interest. They do. But that doesn't mean that you can't start to think for yourself. And that doesn't mean rebel either, but it's just like, hmm, 
Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. And for, you know, I'm speaking specifically to parents in that aspect, but it's like you should be open to receiving that as well Mm -hmm. and having that healthy dialogue. So what does it mean for you? For me, uh, change what we normalize. Um, It really means changing norms that don't serve you. Um, That can be from a health goal. That can be with, you know, your mindset on what you're doing with school, your profession. Mm. What are the norms that you live in now that you live up to that don't actually serve you, Mm. but you've normalized that behavior? A lot of that for me was based around mental health. We normalized a lot in my community. We normalized trauma. You know what I mean? It Mm. was to a point where, and it's, it's like this a lot now still where it's like, oh, another person got shot and killed. Oh, you know what? And it's just, it just rolls off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's almost like we don't even feel it anymore. So for me, it's really, again, changing the norms that don't serve you to new belief systems, to new patterns that actually do serve you and where you're going. I love that. And people can do whatever they want with it. I like people to take it. How do you want to use it and apply that to your life? I love that. Thank yep. you. Thank you. I never had a guest ask me that. What does it mean to me? But um, no, I thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so Absolutely. Look, y'all, uh, we can sit here and do this all day, and I'm loving every minute of it, um, but I want to respect your time and say thank you again so much for gracing us with your presence, um, for, for just dropping so much wisdom, um, not just for the audience, but for us here in the room. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been extremely powerful, and I know that we are going to be uh, transformed in a positive way by just being around you and just hearing the things you have to say and to sh- uh, share the insights um, the transparency, all of it. Mm-hmm. It's been a beautiful thing. So what I love to do um, before my guests go, say a quick prayer just to send them on their way to pray for their endeavors, the things that they're doing um, and their growth. And um, that's how we've been closing this thing out. But before we do that, boom, uh, I want y'all to make sure that you subscribe, share, like, leave. I like to have fun. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, uh, leave a review. Um, if you're checking this out on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, make sure to leave us a review, five-star review, please and thank you, um, and share this with somebody that you love. I believe that these podcasts, these episodes, um, they can really change and impact someone's lives. We have to make sure that it gets into their hands. And if you're on YouTube, leave us a comment. Let us know what you're thinking. What were some takeaways that you got from this episode? Again, share with somebody you love. You never know what this can do to someone else's life. So with that being said, just say a quick prayer to close out. Uh, Father God, we thank you. Um, for this opportunity to gather, um, to serve, to love, to be grateful for life. Um, We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for this atmosphere to create. We thank you for the energy that's in the room. And we're thankful to be used as vessels by you to be light in this world where there's so much darkness. Um, I pray, I pray over Visionary that she continues to grow, she continues to blossom, that you would grow her platform as much as she can handle it. Um, You said that you won't give us more than we can bear. And I pray that you would use her to make an impact in this world that only she can make. Um, And even through the ups and downs, I pray that she would continue to keep the faith. This journey is not easy (laughs) at all whatsoever. Um, But we honor her that she's stepping out on faith. She's believing in the gifts and what you've given her. And she's using them with a pure heart. So we thank you. We honor and you praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And until next time, y'all. Peace, love.